0: Hello and welcome to this trip down memory lane, where we pull out the best bits of Boots Presents to Boot Talk Series Five. Yes, here we recap our award-winning pod's best moments from last season—an easy-to-digest, bite-sized reminder of the biggest laughs, biggest gasps, and biggest revelations from our roster of incredible guests. We covered everything from the online sex industry, penises, and cancer to puberty, postpartum bodies, managing burnout, and women's health over forty. We kept our promise of asking the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to with stigma shattering results We'd like to say a huge thanks to you, our listeners. We couldn't be happier that our frank and funny chats continue to resonate with you and that more and more people are finding taboo talk both relatable and reassuring. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our Series 5 Best Bits episode, making sure to listen out for our Series 6 taster at the end. It's gonna be a cracker. We started Series 5 with an insightful episode on the online sex industry with model and TV personality Olivia Atwood. In her investigative series of Getting Filthy Rich, Olivia delves into the phenomenon. Of OnlyFans subscription service, where content creators can earn cash for pornography, we talk to her about the safety of subscription platforms, the impact the sex industry has on an online dating, and we get up close and personal about Olivia's own experience of being on a porn set. We also delve into the topic of Bluetooth-controlled sex toys, the art of masturbation, and sexual wellness. This episode really hits the spot. Here are some of our favorite bits from a fascinating episode. Do you think, though, that there's a stigma attached to the women that are involved in the industry?
1: I think, yeah. I think there's judgment and stigma. God, do you know what? I feel like there's judgment and stigma as a woman across the board. Like, we yeah. love to shame women and guilt them with whatever their choices are. But for sure, there's, a you know, there's hefty judgment that comes. Yeah. Look, I'll be honest, and I said this in the documentary, I went into this documentary completely like, I'd say as neutral as you could get. I didn't know how yeah. I felt about any of this. Like, I didn't feel like I wasn't like, yeah, everyone should be doing this. And I wasn't negative. I was completely in the middle. I was just genuinely fascinated by the whole economy of it. Yeah. But even like when I met girls and I had day with them and got to know them, when I'd left, I'd be like, I was so surprised by her. Like, she was so charismatic and intelligent and engaging. I'm like, yeah. but why did I think she wouldn't be? That's because my own, you know, Judgment, you kind of, of seeped in. Yeah. I'm like, I'm expecting this person to be a total way and then I'm like, blown away by the intelligence of these women.
0: Whole, but like, the the they really differentiate between their work life and their personal life. Because mm. I spent time with um, a porn star when I was doing a show, and she was absolutely amazing as well, just yeah. really clever on it. And she was starting her own way with only fans and stuff like that. But she very much was like, like that doesn't that literally means nothing. It's just, it's just work. Mm. You got invited to go on a porn set so you know yourself that it's like the most unsexy thing in the world what was it like?
1: The porn episode was a real eye-opener because I mean we've all watched porn and you know you know that it's a production to an extent but not like I can't, I can't. I can't be honest.
0: Like, you, like you kind of don't really watch people's faces too much no. anymore. And so the
1: whole like story around it, I'm
0: like, is anyone really like? Does everyone skip that bit or no? It's
1: just like it's everything. It's like the positions. It's like, yeah, the, obviously, like the camera man will be like more moaning, less moaning.
0: What, what was the most unrealistic thing that you saw on the about filming the whole dock?
1: Unrealistic, yeah. I guess that you know some of the things. I think this is where obviously porn, in terms of educating, especially young men, it just does nothing because it's like yeah. it's kind of telling young guys that you know. This, things that women love that maybe some do but not like not on a first day or you know (laughs) it's so annoying that like
0: because i that is another worry though that young people they just they watch porn and they have a specific way that they think sex should be whereas Mm. like you're on the porn set and you said that there's men in the corner like fluffing themselves as in keeping themselves ready to go and have sex for three hours yeah three hours i know Like, they've got some stamina. They're kind of like athletes, I suppose.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think, yeah, I think when you do it that much, it just becomes uh, second nature, I guess. I don't know. It blew my mind, literally, no pun intended.
0: And did anything shock you that made you think, God, I'm so vanilla?
1: All of it. Like, day one of the doc, I was like, shh, I'm boring. <laughs> I am so boring.
0: Are sex subscription platforms helping to get rid of the stigma around women enjoying sex, or are they contributing to it? it
1: I think it's that's such a complex... I don't... Th- I, I don't think it's a yes
0: or no answer. No, and I, I, think, I don't think that that is going to, like... I think women are becoming more, like, open to talking about their sexuality mm. and what they like and everything like that. And I think that, yeah, I think a lot of that, I think, comes with age, though, as well.
1: I think I think shows like Getting Filthy Rich, like making a show without that, without condescending anyone, without that kind of, sometimes that air of, like, judgment that can come in the room, these dogs, yeah. things like that are helping, I think, for people to talk about what they're doing without shame. And when I made the show, honestly, I was like blown away girls coming up to me like I see a girl in the street where she works in a strip club and she was like watching your show I actually told my family for the first time what I do because uh-huh. I felt like I could actually be proud of it and stuff and I think bringing things into like mainstream conversation conversations like this yeah. are all really good for breaking down that stigma
0: Episode two was called Penis Bible. I was joined by Naked Attraction and Naked Education host, Anna Richardson, and sexual function expert, Dr. Anand Patel, where we explored the intricacies of the male anatomy and offered an informative and compassionate approach to men's sexuality. Listen as we break down those taboos one by one to provide practical solutions for a fulfilling and confident sex life. Whether it's advice around erectile dysfunction, penis size, tips on improving sexual performance, learning about transgenitalia or simply gaining a better understanding of your own body, Anna and Anand are on hand to unlock the secrets to self-discovery so you can feel yourself again. Here are some of episode two's best bits.
2: A lot of it as well, I know a guy who who was quite depressed at the time and he just was unable to get an erection. Oh, your, your body, when you're, when you're depressed, your body thinks you're unwell, so it wants mm. you to hide away mm. and curl up. And the issue with that is, y- y- evolutionarily, you are not in the right state to have a child. Mm. So your brain will drop your ability to get an erection because otherwise you might father' a child. And if you do, you're stuffed because how are you going to look after a child if you're unwell in the adverse comments? Oh. So
3: really your body knows what to do, doesn't it? It's, it's just trying to protect you. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So imagine your penis in a state of suspended animation most of the time, right? Because we're socially, culturally, sat, we're not meant to have erections in public, are we? So you get your mum telling you off when you're little, you learn that. And actually, we're all sat here sending signals to our genitals going, do not get erect, do not get erect. And you have to relax to get that erection. All it right. is is um, g- flooding the penis full of good, oxygenated blood happens once per hour, but often you don't notice it. You once notice an it hour? Once an hour. Oh so God. you get poked in the back it's probably <laughs> once an hour. And if you're getting poked in the back that often, great. His I was so complimented. Work. It's just nothing. A good <laughs> thing, nothing to do with you. It's yeah. housekeeping, though. I'm sorry. That's what it is, but if, if they're awake and they're poking you in the back, then it's them.
0: Yeah, okay, fair. But right. if they're
2: asleep, it's literally your, your brain on a cyclical basis going, look, feed the penis some blood. And if, you, if you're having nighttime erections but not having sex, that's fine if you're not having nighttime erections and you're not having sex and you're not masturbating or getting erections then what is it for
3: your penis will wither mm-hmm. yeah get the hands down the pants yes. literally get yourself off twice a week yeah. <laughs> and if you want to finish yourself off why not do, do girls have the same
2: thing they, yes they have genital flooding yeah what they might they might, get the sort of, they might get a, a sort of warm sensation or a sense of fullness in their gen like a proud puss <laughs> Can I imagine, imagine the, the vulva like a hovercraft that kind Is of your fills? <laughs>
4: That's
3: my
2: proud puss face. <laughs> well, Khloe Kardashian famously has like what does she? Camille call it? the camel, camel-, camel- toe, camel- yeah, yeah, because she's got a proud puss. Well,
3: yeah, <laughs> you, well,
2: why? Because so she's I'm got not, bigger maybe. She, she, she may have a, well she, she may have big vulva energy.
3: Oh, big vulva. I want big vulva energy. the
2: shaft of the penis actually goes into the vulva, the larger labia. It's it's, it's contained within. So when women get blood flow to their clitoris, they flood their hovercraft of a vulva, which means if someone's going to be having sex with them, there's not so much discomfort when that pounding is happening. And also it's rubbing all this fabulously uh, uh, fun sexual material.
3: Oh, it's like a band. I yeah. want big
2: vulval energy.
0: I want some my too, band. actually. A little Camille for both of us. <laughs> we talk about uh, hygiene, mm. penis hygiene. Now, you must have seen a lot of um, different... Hygiened penises how important was that for people when they were going on dates
3: oh how important is hygiene I mean it's I everything mean, yeah. come on it's, do you know what I just think it's basic manners if mm. nothing else I mean if you're going to go on a date and potentially sleep with somebody then you're going to have, have had a shower surely like, please have you're a gonna shower look after at least. yourself. I mean we find sometimes on Naked Attraction that Sometimes the fellas in particular just think maybe a little spray of deodorant oh. will do it down there. But we have sent a couple of fellas because they're constantly fluffing themselves and trying to make the penises look bigger. So, oh. you know, their hands are all over their shaft and the bollocks and kind of like having a bit of a tug. <laughs> so sometimes the first AD has to get in there and say, Fella, you've got a little bit of pre cum wow. on the end of your. Yeah, and then we zone in on the camera to just sort of go yep there's a little bead of pre let's send him off clean him up get him back in the pod yeah.
2: I think I made it oh, like, wow. like like a lie down now just to <laughs> visualise that
3: jeez Excuse what a job do you know <laughs> what a life I'm the, <laughs> yeah. I'm,
2: I'm the artistic director and I'm mopping up some dripping willies
3: but can you imagine we just sort of zoom in going is it is it pre-cum? <laughs> Oh yes it's pre okay if we can just ask are they, they just out.
2: standing on the side of the stage just having little
3: wanks well no they're standing in the pods having little wanks yeah, themselves. yeah yeah they, they're basically
2: they're basically rubbing their genitals, so eventually their prostate's going to want to leak some secretions. Yes, oh,
3: it's, it's wow. all perfectly
2: normal and natural. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> I mean, like you've been in some no. kind of <laughs> war
0: and just all men around you just <laughs> yeah. rubbing it's their like balls—Stockholm s- <laughs> syndrome. Yeah. It's all normal. You had two trans men on your show, yeah, on Naked Education. Do you think that's important for people to see?
3: One hundred percent. Certainly on Naked Education, it was a real privilege for me to have worked with um, a, a trans man called Finley Games and the important thing about working with Finley, he was prepared to go naked on the show yeah. to show everybody that he is fully transitioned including the phalloplasty yeah. and the important thing about that is a, to educate us mm. about what does that look like, how does it work because Finley mm. was prepared to show us how his penis worked wow. but also importantly to highlight the fact that this isn't just a, a quick decision this is years yeah six painful operations you know psycho psychotherapy Mm. that's needed this is a massive thing
0: episode three was called talking about cancer this episode featured singer and loose women panelist colleen nolan singer and tv personality michelle heaton and asmina rose from macmillan cancer support This highly emotive episode highlights the importance of talking about cancer and how to approach the subject with loved ones. A tricky subject, but thanks to all three participants who openly and honestly share their own experiences and discuss the difficulties they faced, we hope to empower you to not shut down and be open and honest about your feelings. Please be aware that this episode includes discussions around cancer. If you're affected by the content of this episode and would like further information on available support, please see the list of resources in the show notes. Here are some key moments from a truly moving and important episode.
5: So we kind of made the decision to, to not, have a, not have another baby, yeah, potentially, and have my ovaries removed and as we kind of had that open discussion with myself and my husband um we got pregnant with aj oh. um and we were we were actively not trying <laughs> so um it was yeah but obviously not trying not, not hard enough but it was um it was just one of those times mm. yeah that we didn't try to not and yeah. and, and and just got pregnant like very, very fortunate to get pregnant really easily. Yeah. That was, you know, God's way of mm. saying to us, no, you've got yeah. time yeah. on your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it is, a, you know, it is quite emotional thinking about yeah. it because, because you know, AJ was obviously, he was born and he was very sick and yeah. he had meningitis when he was little. He was six weeks old and he was, he, he was in the unit for a, a week and I couldn't breastfeed because I had just had my... Done a mastectomy a year and a half before and, and I couldn't give him what, what, I, what I needed to give him, you know, what the body urges you to do, I couldn't do it yeah. so it was all of that and then knowing, knowing because I had booked it in that six months after he was born I was going to have the hysterectomy yeah. so it was a lot
0: in episode four, we talk about the roller coaster of emotions you feel going through puberty. I was joined with Master Quizzer, comedian, doctor, and broadcaster Paul Sinna, along with actress and comedian Verona Rose. Looking back at their younger selves, Paul shares how puberty affected him as a gay boy while Verona talks mood swings and starting her period at just 11 years old. Listen for some fun bits, a mixture of emotions, and learn how they navigated their own journeys as they experienced body changes, peer pressure and insecurities. This episode taught us that sometimes we don't know what we're doing, but by sharing experiences, it can help to empower others through puberty. Here are some of the top moments from episode four.
6: As, I mean, I, I, I lay my cards on the table here. I'm a gay man who went to public school, an all-boys public school. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily... You must have been delighted now. It was torture. It was absolutely oh, torture. Really? Because oh, you, it's like being at an all-you-can-eat buffet <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> with, 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 with your jaw wide up. Um, it's You know, I, there's nothing I could do about it. There's nothing I, I could act on. It, it, yeah. It, 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 I, a public school, it would cause disgrace and expulsion if you acted on your impulses. But... My, so my female friends were all from a West, my dad's cultural background, my mother, West Bengali, those were my female friends. Mm. And they all seemed more confident than I was at at equivalent age.
0: Yeah. You said that you were shy when you were younger. Do you think that your puberty brought that, got rid of that shyness or it made it worse?
6: Um, Made it better. But there, there were. There are reasons for that. I talked about the fact that you develop your personality more when you when when you hit puberty. Yeah. But I was a very uh, naive, not really a person in the world. I didn't get the same joke. I didn't understand the same jokes that the other kids were telling. They'd all do these sex jokes, and me growing up gay and a bit closeted, a bit closeted and a bit pampered, I didn't necessarily get them. Yeah. Uh, a couple of family friends of mine, very dear, still very dear family friends, um, as in my age. So. My, their dads would have gone to medical school with my, my dad, they started telling me jokes and explaining them to me. Uh, and it felt like I, I was a different human being by the time I emerged from this conversation. Yeah, I felt now that I actually understood what heterosexual people get up to, I became a different person. I was able to be funnier, more, yeah. more engaging, more extrovert. So for me, puberty was a really important time to develop the personality side of who I'd later become.
7: And we have to change things that we love doing because I loved playing football, rugby, yeah. basketball, running and as my breast got bigger, oh yeah. I couldn't do them anymore for, for one because it started it would hurt and then two because it's just it would hurt if someone like bashed into you but then two because running. it's just it's in the way. Yeah. You know, so all of those things were like I never had that, that problem. Be- <laughs> <laughs> but what's your, what would you
0: say, I, I think I know what you're going to say, but what would you say is your best memory from the time of when you were going
7: through puberty? Oh, best memory. Oh, that's such a tough question. Um, I'll be honest with you, um, actually. So when, I don't know if this is, this. I hope this answers the question, but my mum used to say, she taught me this, these things when I was younger to make you move bigger. Yeah. Not that she needed to teach me, but I used to... So I used to stuff my... When I was younger, I'd stuff my bra with socks and stuff. Yeah. um, And went in my little cami... Not my bra, sorry, my little cami top. And I would go to bed, because my mum taught me this, to do this thing, push my hands together and go, I must, I must, I must must increase increase my my bust. Yeah, And I'd done it
0: every night. It worked! And look at what happened! (laughs) It worked! Episode five was a subject close to my heart, postpartum bodies. I was joined by two brilliant women Influencer, actress and presenter Gemma Atkinson And midwife and author Marie Louise Gemma never shies away From any conversation And she openly talks About the struggles she faced In her second pregnancy Puget during birth And of course How she feels About her body now Post-pregnancy We also discuss How our pelvic floor is affected And the need to talk about this more While Marie shares Some insightful advice For all of our Post-pregnancy superstars here are some of the best bits from episode five. Uh, Gemma, when yeah. you, Gemma, you obviously went through through that, which would definitely be traumatic. How did you feel when you got home emotionally? Like, Did it did it affect you?
8: It kind of hit me, I'd say, maybe a week or so into being Mia's mum. And I don't know if that was just because part of sleep deprivation as well. But um, yeah. I kind of felt, not that I'd failed at birth, because obviously we were both okay, but I was just so adamant that I wanted a water birth, and I wanted all this stuff. And the fact that it didn't happen, I was a bit like, "Oh, what did I? What did I do wrong? Why? What? You know, was was I doing too much training? Was I eating too much of a certain food? Was I not doing enough exercise? You know, was I eating too many biscuits?" I started questioning why it happened to me. And it was, again, that the hospital said, well, we've got all your notes. If you want us to sit and go through it, we can. And it was only speaking to them that they said, there was nothing, there was nothing you did. It's just sometimes that's how a body reacts to pregnancy. And that's that's all it was. And they were saying, it's now your job. To, you know, you, you forget that, you move past it. Because I always wanted a sibling for Mia. But after that happened, I did say to Gorka, am I in a high percentage, am I in a high risk for that to happen again now? Because if I am, I don't know if we can go through that again. I said, because when you're faced with, like, when they were doing the epidural, I had to fill in a form uh, answering questions about blood transfusions. And one of the questions was, if it came to it, who would you save, me or the, the, the baby? You know, you have to fill in those questions. And I said to Gorka, when it was just me... You think, oh, it's fine, doesn't matter. I said, but now there's Mia in the picture, I don't want to be facing a situation where something could happen to me and her be left without a mum. And that sounds so dramatic in the grand scheme of things because, again, like Marie said, it is common after birth, whether it's a section or a vaginal birth. But it's only from speaking openly about it and speaking to other mums and so many people have messaged me saying they've had successful VBACs, and it's for me now knowing that every pregnancy is different. And from the minute yeah. I found out I was pregnant this time, it's been different. I, with Mia, I didn't really have nausea. I didn't put on that much weight. It was just a bump. Whereas with yeah. this little man, it's been sickness yeah. and sweats and oh, so it's come. It's been different anyway. So I just need to mm. treat it as a completely different pregnancy, a completely different birth, and and just yeah. go with the flow. Your book,
0: you had a hilarious anecdote in it, and it was about going to the poo, trying to go for a poo, and the health visitor rings the doorbell.
8: Oh, God. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. No, see, again, no one told me. I felt like I was birthing another child out of my bum with that first poo. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're so scared,
0: though. You're in the toilet. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh,
8: God. Well, I went. I said to my mom, I, th- I, th- I said, I think I'm ready. I think I'm going to go and have my first poo. So she was like, oh, brilliant. And because I'd had obviously a lot of pain relief as well um, from the section, I, I went to the toilet and I sat down. And as I started, I thought, "Oh, this is going to be a bit more of a challenge. And then the, the, I heard the door go. And I thought, oh, my gosh, who's this? And my mum answered it. And I heard my mum say, oh, hiya, come on in. And it was the health visitor. And meanwhile, I'm in the next room and I've got one hand on the sink, one hand on the door, just kind of going, come on, you can do this. And I must have been in there a good 25 minutes and I was rocking, I was doing all this stuff. Finally had my first poo, which was very disappointing. It was just like a prune after all that. And when I walked back in, I was a bit sweaty and the health visitor straight away said to me, she said, have you done your first poo? And I went, yeah, doesn't it really, really hurt? She said, "Don't worry, it's completely normal." And again, she then told me about it, um, and, and and said, "Yeah, it is, it is quite a challenge for some women after." And I, do, I, I kind of feel like you, you think to yourself, "Oh, I've not been through enough carrying a baby." It's like you were saying about the bleeding after. It's like you have nine months of no periods, and it's joyous, and then you have the yeah. biggest period of your <laughs> life. It's like, oh, come on, yeah. give us a break. <laughs>
0: We all experience this, I know I do, and that's burnout. So in this episode, we talk about how best to manage mental, physical and emotional exhaustion. Former Olympic champion Dame Kelly Holmes and and actress Ruby Barker, who are both advocates of raising awareness around burnout, pressure, stress and mental health issues. Kelly tells us she had to take 10 months off work during lockdown, while Ruby opens up about childhood traumas and being hospitalised for mental health reasons. Listen now to hear about their experiences and why they are now putting their health ahead of anything else. Here are some of our favourite moments.
9: So I basically come out gay last year uh, publicly, yeah uh, professionally, and the narrative in my head leading up to it was causing me to be really to the point of the brink let's
0: say so you Um, had that all going on in lockdown where you were you you were trying to figure out how you were going to come out and say that did you feel like pushed into coming out to say something like that or was it your own thing going on in your own head
9: yeah so i think there's a combination of other mental health issues where you kind of you know your anxiety and your stress and you get depression if you've had it before i think it's something that you have to kind of w- work out and learn but there was also that professional thing where professionally i needed to do something i needed to be the person to to stop this narrative of what because everyone knew me publicly as a speaker that's what yeah. i do for a living but i didn't have to talk about being in the army a double <laughs> olympic champion mental health problems being in a care home well you know working I Had enough to talk about. So when this, but this personal thing inside me was that I'd lived in fear for thirty-four years of uh, retribution because it was against the law to be in the army, and I served in the army during the ban Mm -hmm. when it was it was against the law to be in the army. Yeah.
0: What do you mean against (laughs) the law? If you're if you're gay, it was against the law to be in the the army.
9: Yeah. To be openly. Yeah.
4: (gasps) I had my first hospital stay. Had to take myself in voluntarily. Mm -hmm. How come
0: you felt like you had to take yourself in? Were you just just overloaded?
4: I lost it. Like, my, it was almost as if my mind could not process A, trotting around in a ball gown in a pair of kitten heels (laughs) for seven months, talking in ye olde English, yeah? And B, the fact that there was now, you know, talks of, of a global pandemic, like what's going on? And I was... I didn't know what was going on. I imagine, like, I did not know what the crack was anymore because I'd gone so deep in this role. I'd came out and all of a sudden it's like, you've got to stand two metres apart and there's a pandemic and people were dying and, and all of this stuff. And it was really freaking me out. My brain just said, see you later, you know, literally... Yeah. And it's funny looking back like this is when I knew that I'd properly properly lost it because like burnout essentially led me to have a psychotic episode like that is how serious it is the stress and all the stress if you just leave it. You know, do you remember when everybody was um panic buying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the toilet rolls.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the whole to- the whole toilet roll thing, yeah. right. I miss out in the toilet rolls. <laughs> I was raging. <laughs> right.
4: Well, My partner at the time said to me, he said, Ruby, I'm leaving you in charge of inventory. Like, you should probably get some tins in or something. We don't know what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, I was losing it. So I don't know why he put me in charge of this. (laughs) The delivery arrives. There's a man at the door. I'm in my pyjamas. My afro's all matted. I'm like, right, come downstairs. Go, help me, help me, help me. comes down the stairs. I'm not joking. Crates upon crates of lemons fresh lemons oh my god yeah literally
9: that's what you ordered yeah and you didn't realise
4: yeah Why lemons <laughs> Lemon. I don't know I don't know I don't know what was I thinking like I was going to make a copious amount of like lemon drizzle Still
0: preserved so if I suppose <laughs> it I
6: suppose you could clean stuff <laughs> yes right?
4: Bear 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 lemons. There was also um you know like the joint supplements <laughs> like I wonder what you oh say my then. God. Joint supplements yeah, yeah. that the OAPs have to take. That's a very strange shopping list. I think and and Nicorette, because I was scared of cigarettes we're gonna Fly and off because, the shelves! Oh, so there were about seventy spray things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that I, was like it was
0: actually affecting your day to day. Then, like to, you were yeah. just doing things like that. In episode seven, we're going to be discussing all your common questions on health at forty and beyond, featuring author, TV personality, and presenter Kate Lawler and GP Dr. Nigat Arif. We discuss a wide range of health issues from changes in your body to gut health, skin, diet and lifestyle so you don't feel alone and share some great tips and advice for your total well-being. So listen in and don't let age or the changes you experience define who you are or what you can do. Here are some of the best bits.
10: We should always be focusing on our health, regardless yeah. of our age. So I always say you need to, in your 20s, you need to think ahead to your 30s. In your 30s, you need to think ahead to your 40s. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be a crunch time in your 40s that the stuff that you could get away with in your 20s and 30s just doesn't cut it yeah. anymore. So you now need to be a bit more sensible because you're planning ahead for your 50s and your 60s and your 70s. And whether we like it or not, this is an aging skeleton
5: yeah and Mm -hmm. i'm aging
10: and i can tell you as i'm hitting 40s losing weight is so much harder curbing my sweet tooth is so much more difficult trying to put the exercise in your kids are more demanding your parents Mm -hmm. are getting older so it's not just about your own physical health it's about the external factors that also you need to factor into account which you didn't have that in your 20s and 30s yeah and in your
0: 20s you could kind of get away with more like you wouldn't feel as awful as like let's say if even if if
10: I had a glass of wine which I don't drink I would really feel that the next day my body is just like it's like poison I don't know about you guys but in your 20s and 30s like you feel you're bomb proof like you literally
7: feel like you're invincible yeah even if somebody had said to me in my 20s you need to like look ahead to your 30s I'd have been like
9: Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
10: yeah. <laughs> like, no, no thanks. Like,
7: what? No, well, I'm yeah. having fun. Like, I know. Or like, I, I just, you feel you want to have all the fun. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to listen and calm down because you don't, you definitely feel like, Already? I, I should be dead. Like, really? <laughs> average, <I'm laughs> the stuff I did in my 20s, I, I feel like I was Bond Prince. I'm glad I did it die? in my 20s, though. Same. I am. But
10: do you yeah. not find that, I mean, maybe it's just me and I've got three kids. I've got to the point where I'm nearly into my 40s and i I'm just tired I'm like 8 o'clock I'm, I'm ready yes. for bed Yeah.
0: someone someone mailed me last night and asked me to go and meet them at 9 o'clock at night I was like sorry <laughs> you
10: <were like, laughs> 9pm <laughs> yeah, am 9pm yeah. am PM. I was like sorry I'm in bed time. I don't mean right. to say like loser but like Half I'm in bed eight, <laughs> I'm ready for bed with like a little toddy
7: yeah we have just booked our restaurants we're going on holiday next week and like we've made reservations <laughs> for 6.30pm oh my god stunning ideal night now isn't going out to a nightclub with a sticky floor and getting in at 6am and then not going to bed till the next what is it that was sticky floors gross isn't it but now it's just like dinner please (laughs) (laughs) in my 20s i got fired from a job they were like we feel like you don't want to be here And i was like no do you know what i don't i'm just having too much fun on the weekend i turn up on sunday afternoon and i hadn't been to bed Oh, God. It was with Andy Peters, right? It was on the Capitol. It was a radio show. Hit Music uh, Sunday. And he would arrive, having just been to the gym, having baked banana bread. He's not having, a drinker. With a And he would just be like... It's glowing Just have this glow around him Anyway they just said You're having like We get the impression You're not
10: interested in You're doing having way too much I was like to be fair
7: I, I really like going on a Saturday you're night You're like
10: Well that's why I say to women In their 30s You know you're not bomb proof You need to think about your vagina And start moisturising down below In your 30s? Yeah God, of of course. Course. I, don't even, I don't think I've, I've ever moisturised I've never moisturised Nobody got the memo for it Did you not get the memo?
7: When you like Moisturise your vagina Are you talking about Sorry guys I'm just going to be a bit graphic here Are we just kind of moisturising The outside or outside the inside? Or
10: are we going inside? Oh no inside Okay so so really? you've got the vulva. So you've got. The could he put it
7: on his willy and then put it inside me? And then oh, this is that such could a be good fun. question.
10: <laughs> eh? This is such a good question. So what's the difference between moisturisers <laughs> um, and lubricants? So there's a real difference between <laughs> vaginal moisturisers and vaginal lubricants. Oh, I'll, I'll let you into a bit of a secret. All oh the lubes out are there are made for men. Are made for Did men. You I heard this. Me.
0: She told me earlier. I was like, what?
10: Yeah. Why are condoms lubed for men? Oh, yeah.
7: It's for men.
10: Yes. For
7: goodness' sake! Well, well I'm going to go. Every day,
10: I'm going to go and
0: buy myself some vaginal moisturizer,
10: and I can't wait to use it. <laughs> and because moisturizers have hyaluronic acid in them, they're water-based, so that means that it you're going to get a younger-looking vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Designer vagina. But it means that it will plump up the cells, and it's non-hormonal-based, and so those cells will add the moisture and help the vaginal flora. So when you're yeah. having sex, for great, effective sex, whether it's vaginal or anal, I make no judgments. But then actually you should be using a vaginal moisturiser in your vagina and a lubricant, which is oil-based, on your partner because he's entering you. So oil and water, so water-based moisturiser and oil-based lubricant, well, oil and water don't mix. They slide. So that makes sex so Mm -hmm. much more comfortable.
0: And that concludes our Taboo Talk Series 5 Best Bits Roundup. Hopefully it offered a great taste of the entertaining and informative content any new listeners can expect from the pod. And it was lovely to meander down memory lane for long-term fans. Thank you again for your continued support. It really does mean such a lot to me and the whole Taboo Talk team. We're absolutely thrilled you're listening. If you found yourself affected by anything that you've heard there is a list of resources in this episode's show notes and please watch out for series 6 which is dropping soon I'll be asking some amazing new guests the most important and most embarrassing health and wellness questions so you don't have to here's a sneak preview of what you can expect from the next series
2: I think most people look at sobriety as like what they're going to lose mm. instead of what they're going to gain exactly. yeah. Yeah. and that's like that's a real shame
4: Realistically, like I would never be called a lesbian. Oh, I hate that word. Like I would be like, I'm not a lesbian. Just don't say. Just say I like girls. Like there was such a big thing on that word for me when I was younger. I think lately, maybe the past six months, I'm okay with it.
2: When I first got it, and I was like, oh, like I'm gonna have to like like take my needle and do it in a restaurant. I was like, I was I was I was in myself thinking everyone's gonna be looking at me thinking, what's he doing? Is he he doing drugs? Is he doing something? (laughs) Because because you're thinking. Needles, people don't really like, like I've, I've never really seen anyone do it, innit? I don't even think it's a little cry. It was quite a long yeah, cry. It was, was gonna be a, nice. It was a good, <laughs> I reckon, 45 minutes and I was holding <laughs> holding my daughter's head. Uh, this is absolutely true, but this is the reality of it. Everyone out there understands this. You sit there and you're like, for some reason, I am so emotional. Becoming a parent, something just changes, I think. Yeah. and think. I don't want anything to happen to you. You're just heaven, but also you're driving me (sighs) mad.
0: Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to Boots Presents to Boot Talk on your preferred podcast platform. Big thanks again and speak to you soon.